Hi, this is Sierra Webster, sports reporter at the Daily Emerald, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow, and I'm joined by Sierra Webster. Hey. And Maggie Vanoni. Hello, hello. We're in Portland, Oregon. The Oregon Ducks have defeated Mississippi State to make the first ever Final Four appearance for Oregon women's basketball in program history. Sabrina Ionescu stole the show 31 points. Seven rebounds, eight assists. Satu Sabali, not far behind with 22 points and seven rebounds. Ruthie Hebert went six of eight and had 14 points and five rebounds after going without a rebound in the entire first half against one of the best players in college basketball, Tierra McCowan, the six foot seven center. What did you guys think of, of seeing her courtside? We were low down, second row. What did you think? Seeing her courtside, that matchup was one to anticipate, highly anticipate. Everyone in the nation keeping an eye on that one. What were your thoughts on that after watching that matchup unfold in front of us? Uh, it felt like a pretty clear height mismatch. There aren't a lot of, I feel like, games where Ruthie feels really outmatched. Um, but like being courtside and seeing them so close, it felt really clear that McCowan had like height and also just like strength on Hebert. Um, but I was impressed with some of the adjustments Oregon made of kind of pulling Hebert out of the low post and running more of like a pick and roll situation, which they do a lot. Um, but they really utilized against a six seven McCowan. Ruthie Hebert without a rebound in that first half, she was able to get going. And Lydia Giomi was in that first half. Maggie, you wrote about Giomi's impact in this game and her impact on this team recently as well. She comes off the bench, no points, but she was defensively causing problems. She only played six minutes, but those six minutes really gave McCowan a tough time. And it might have actually, in my opinion, I think it did, helped Ruthie Heaver when she went back out there, kind of learn what to do in this game because they were able to stifle her when they played each other at Matthew Knight Arena back in December. But this time, McCowan came out firing. But Lydia Jomi, maybe the unsung hero of this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, only five, six minutes you played. And like you said, no points, just one rebound on her whole stat line. But she was just getting in McCowan's head. You could just see it. Not that you could just see that every time Lydia was there to block, to box out or to block or just to just, just to beat in her face. You could see McCowan just get annoyed so fast. Lydia had just really clutch offensive screens that allowed Oregon just to maneuver the ball around McCowan and tire her out and just kind of distract her to score points and make runs. And like you said, Sean, like those five minutes, they were just in the first half. Lydia didn't play at all in the second half, but those five minutes really helped Oregon just tear apart at McCowan, tear apart her confidence, tear apart at her game performance. And like she just ended. You could tell she was just so frustrated that Oregon once again had outplayed her. And I think that Lydia really had an impact in that first half of just starting that, of starting McCowan's kind of down, downfall. So Oregon beating Mississippi State second time this year. Ionescu had 29 points the first time they played. She has 31 this time. They couldn't figure her out. They couldn't solve her. 12 of 20, 5 of 8 from 3. But it was Satu Sambly again, who goes quietly, scoring 22 points. She was massive. She had 3 assists, 7 rebounds against 
a team that has Tierra McCowan, which is phenomenal. And not to knock any of the rest of those players on this Mississippi State team, because they are all solid players. The entire starting five double-digit points. The only starter for Oregon that didn't was Aaron Boley. Mike Azorla had 11 points. Boley had eight, so it doesn't come off that she had zero, which she did in Oregon's Sweet 16 win just two nights ago on Friday. Again, today, Sunday, 6 o'clock in the evening after Oregon defeated Mississippi State. But the Ducks ended this game 7 of 7 on the last seven field goals. They hit them all. And the most important one might have been Maite Cazorla, a three-pointer from the elbow. And it came with 35 seconds left. Gives Oregon an 84-77 to lead. That was the dagger in this game. And she has been instrumental to this team. She scored double-digit points the last time Oregon played Mississippi State when she put up 20 at Matthew Knight Arena. But this time, she puts up just 11, and Oregon looks incredible when Maite Cazorla scores this huge dagger. Mississippi State's not thinking to guard her. But for me, at least, that's the big point for, for Cazorla right there. She's putting this team into the Final Four as a senior. She also had uh, six assists on the night, which is huge, um, and just one turnover. And I think against a team like Mississippi State, I think both teams handled the ball really well, but I think it just speaks to Cazorla's like steady presence to, to be there to get the pass off, to handle the ball well and keep it safe. And then I think also what you're saying, you know, to show up offensively and even in big moments where the, her team really needs her to show up, she is and is making some really clutch three-pointers. Yeah, she's not a shooter. So to see her shooting as well as she does here, four of nine, 11 points again, uh, that's pretty big from her. She's an assister, and there it is, the six that she got. But Oregon shot lights out, but so did Mississippi State. We kind of thought this was going to be a shootout going into it, and it really was. 54% shooting for Oregon, and they were 50% from three. Mississippi State, 48% shooting, 57 from three. It was it was a shootout, and Oregon and Mississippi State went at it, and Oregon was confident going into this game, but that was a moment for Oregon that I think they needed because two Elite Eights in a row of heartbreak, I don't know if this team would have been able to bounce back from a third. So for me, this going forward is bigger than anything they could have hoped for, I think this is going to be huge for recruiting, which is one of the stories that I wrote about following this game. But this is this is something that's going to leave a lasting legacy for Oregon women's basketball. And it's going to be Tampa Bay. All three of us are going to go down there to cover it. You can donate as well. DailyEmerald.com help fund our trip, independent student journalism. And Oregon is going to be playing the winner of Baylor and Iowa. We're not going to go too deep into that, but we just have to make sure that we're, we're pointing that out. You see Ruthie Hebert and Maite Cazorla and Sabrina Ionescu, who all have gone through this heartbreak in these past Elite Eights. From post-game interviews, the emotions. That's what people love in college basketball in March Madness. At least that's something that I always look forward to covering. What, what were some of those emotions those like because I've never interviewed Sabrina Ionescu and had her kind of choke up and she did kind of choke up when I 
was talking to her, asking her about just the difference that she feels right now than a year ago when she and her team lost in the lead eight. Yeah, I think maybe not choked up, but a lot of the a lot of the women in the locker room were very speechless. They were lost to words, stumbling over words, and just I talked to Maite and she was just having trouble forming sentences. Not that she is not a good talker, but she just was you could tell so overwhelmed with emotion, with you know, absolute joy, ecstatic, just all those positive emotions that she was just so overwhelmed and that she said she said she had no word for it. She was just speechless. And Audie Gilden kind of said the similar thing is that she just neither one of those girls believed that they were gonna be here. Neither one of them believed this was going to be an actual moment. And I think that's just, it's very surreal and almost unbelievable. And I think at some point today, whether that's at on the ride home to Eugene or just tomorrow morning, even it's going to hit them. I think that's going to be, that's going to be the moment. Sabrina said she's going to feel it on the ride home. That That's when it's going to hit her. She hadn't looked at her phone yet when I was talking to her. And she was like, can't wait to see that. I think also like the pace of the game, neither team led more than seven points. And so even into the final minutes where it started to feel like Oregon maybe was going to get it. And I think um, kind of one of the senses I got from the team was like, it was like, a, like they held their breath for 40 minutes almost like just like just having to keep going. There was never like any kind of moment where they could let go. And so I think um, just to add to what you were saying, like almost like a relief, like not even being able to believe it because they fought so hard for 40 minutes. That 40 minutes is what's been tough for Oregon in these past years. And that's really what's what's haunted them. That's what Audie Gilden said when I asked her about like what this difference was in this Elite Eight to, to other ones, what got them over the line. And she said, we played 20 last year. UConn was a different story. But she said, we played 20 last year. This year we played that full 40. Oregon women's basketball, 88-84 over Mississippi State. We talked a little there about Largest leads, Sierra, you brought up the seven. Number seven, well, 15 times that lead changed. No run bigger than 9-0. Oregon had that. An 8-0 run for Mississippi State as well. But just absurd that there were 15 lead changes. This might have been one of the better games of the women's basketball tournament. It might just be the best one when we look back and reflect on it all. I don't know if a Final Four game tops this at this rate, but man... It's going to be hard. How do you mentally go from playing this game and getting over this? Because one of the things that's always tough is you celebrate this like you've won something because you have, but you still have two more games possibly to play. I don't know how this team is able to, to get over that point. I don't know if they can. They've never been in this position. No one on this staff has been in this position. Kelly Graves, Joey Berry, Mark Campbell. They haven't been there. This is going to be... A really interesting test for them, too, because, of course, it's not like they're playing an easier opponent. They don't have someone weak that they're going to hit before they get flying in. I mean, you play a Pac-12 championship game. Your next game is against someone like Portland State, where you beat them by, like, 40. Oregon beat Portland State, Indiana, and I would argue South Dakota State pretty handedly. Really comfortable games for all three of those for Oregon. Not sure if a Final Four game could be anywhere close to that. And I'm not sure if it's going to live up to the hype that this was. It could be ugly for Oregon. It could also be an ugly win. I just don't know if it's going to be as beautiful as this game was. Because this right here, when both teams are shooting around 50%, oh, it's something special. But in that third quarter, when Ruthie Hubert comes back, that's when it got interesting, I think. Because the officiating... Not saying it was right or wrong necessarily because I haven't been able to watch the tape. But Vic Schaefer, the Mississippi State head coach, was fuming 
made it all the way out to half court, arguing with the officials during a timeout. And that argument, I think, might have swung things Oregon's way. I thought it was going to swing things Mississippi State's way, kind of that where you get a technical just to hype up your team, which is what he has done in the past. I thought that's what he was going for. He didn't get teed up. And I wonder if he would have, would that have changed things? But Oregon ends up turning it around, and Ruthie Heber turned it around in that second half. There are so many heroes in this game for Oregon. Sabrina Ionescu is going to hold on to that spotlight, of course, rightfully so, 31.7 rebounds and 8 assists. But the unsung heroes on this team, and one of the moments that I think, or one of the things that didn't happen that I thought should have happened in the Sweet 16 game was Taylor Chavez didn't get into this game. Do you think that Chavez could get into a Final Four game? Do you take that risk and play her? It's It might be closer than this game. I don't know if they play a closer game than this, but you wouldn't put her in if they're losing by a lot. Maybe that Maybe if you're winning by a lot, but I think it was a missed opportunity for Kelly Graves to put her in. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, after the press conference on Friday night, someone asked Kelly, why didn't you put Taylor in? She was available to play. She had practiced with the team Thursday for the first time in over a month. It seemed like Kelly was kind of like, oh, like maybe I should have just to get her feet kind of wet back on the back on the court, back in the pressure. And I was I was surprised she didn't play in that game. Oregon had a little bit more of a comfortable lead in that game than it did in tonight's game. Um, and I think, you know, who knows why he didn't put her in today. Obviously, the back and forth requires players to be at full level. And we don't know yet if Taylor is at full level with her injury. But if she plays in Final Four, I think that will determine whether how how Oregon plays itself without... If if Kelly puts her in the Final Four, I think that's really going to be determined on how well the team is already playing. And if it's, a, if it's as competitive as the game as tonight's game was, or if it's more, you know, I don't... I mean, I personally don't see a blowout in the next how many games we have left in this tournament. But I think Taylor Chavez will go in if there is, if Oregon finds itself in a comfortable position. And they were not comfortable at any point today until maybe the last 10 seconds. Maybe not even in those last 10 seconds. In fact, I'm, I'm not even sure. UNESCO did hit two free throws with 11 seconds left, and that, that made it a two-possession game. But it's interesting to see what Oregon will do from the bench because it did just get two points today. That was it from bench players. So I don't know if, if that works out in a final four, great, all power to you, but I don't know if that does. And that's been my biggest concern with this team all year long is just the lack of depth that it has or just how it hasn't been able to do that. So something going into this game, and I know we already talked about it, but I'm going to come back to it, but these two teams played before and I honestly thought that was going to fall for Mississippi State better. I think it did in the fact that McCowan had 19 points and played really well with 15 rebounds as well. But Mississippi State didn't figure out UNESCO. She had a better game this time. So who, who obviously Oregon won, but who played better from the last time? Obviously Mississippi State, but how does, how does that, how does that compare for Oregon when they're able to win matchups twice in a row? South Dakota State, they played in the regular season and then beat them in the Sweet 16, and now they're able to do that with Mississippi State as well. That's Oregon heading in to a Final Four. That's basketball, and that's basketball in March specifically. So Oregon women's basketball, the number two seeded Ducks, get out of the Portland Regional, and they're going 
to the Final Four in Tampa Bay. We'll be there too. Donate at dailyemerald.com and subscribe to the Emerald Podcast Network as well. Oregon Women's Basketball defeating Mississippi State in the Portland Regional Final, 88-84. to For Sierra Webster and Maggie Vanoni, I'm Sean Meadow. We'll be back with more. We'll know Oregon's opponents as well. You'll hear from us from Florida next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.